I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures. And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out. <laughs> but you eventually figured things out, right? For the most part, through trial and error and mentorship. But now as a VC, I'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics. So Stacy and I are here to share that earned wisdom with you, along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects. We are. The roadmap to a successful startup is at your fingertips. So turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey. All right, welcome to another uh, session with our experts uh, here at Mass Ventures. Today I have Scott Goodwin, who's a CPA at Wolf & Co. Uh, welcome, Scott. Thank you, Charlie. Good to be here. So uh, Scott and I have known each other for a long time. I relied on his advice heavily when I was an entrepreneur uh, way back uh, before becoming a VC. Uh, and I thought Scott would be a good person to just kind of talk about the really high level do's and don'ts uh, about accounting and accounting infrastructure for a startup. So, I mean, Scott, you know, what, what, you know, if you meet a first time entrepreneur and they come to you and they say, I don't know the first thing about what I should be doing about setting up accounting infrastructure and other things at a high level, what are the couple things that you absolutely tell them that they have to do or things that they should avoid? Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of things jump immediately to mind. You know, I always, I always advise entrepreneurs to try and get started off on the right foot from an accounting perspective. Like, I get it. No founder started their company so that they could do bookkeeping, right? But someone's going to do it. And in the early days, it's going to have to be you or, or right. your you know, co-founder. So, you know, invest a little money in some software. There's plenty of, you know, QuickBooks Online and Zero. There are lots of options out there that are, that are inexpensive, Resist the temptation to sort of start your books in Excel um, or don't start them at all. Um, you know, that, that is just going to be, uh, you know, an inter intermediary step that's not going to serve you in the long run. So, you know, the message is um, figure out who on your uh, founding team is going to be responsible for, for the accounting. Invest a very modest amount of money in one of the well-recognized online uh, accounting systems and get it in there the best you can. Um, the other thing I tell founders, because, and these are all things that we see founders having, you know, ignored or not been aware of is, you know, don't commingle personal and, and business financial activity, right? Invariably we'll see, you know, like I had a personal credit card or, you know, my spouse, you know, advanced some money or, you know, like I was paying my, my cable bill out of the business account. Um, I, I know that those very, very early days, there is uh, not a significant distinction between you and the company, but as as soon as humanly possible, get those two things very, very distinct. Um, engage a reputable payroll company, you know, yep. similar to the accounting software, and sometimes they're, they're integrated in there. So whether you want to use Gusto or ADP or do it through QuickBooks or through Xero, you know, we, we will sometimes see founders saying, well, I have to pay myself something. So my founder and I each cut each other checks for, you know, a thousand dollars a month. And, and now you're sort of out of compliance with the payroll tax rules. And, you know, think that's just a really hard thing to unwind. So, so get that set up 
um, early. It also is relatively inexpensive, so the so the cost shouldn't be a, an issue right. for founders. Um, in the area of equity grants, I, I always advise entrepreneurs to be really careful about the promises that they make. Um, I know this is this this would eventually have accounting implications, so this might be a little bit off the reservation, but but. I, you know, it's dangerous to make promises, whether verbal or in email, without sufficient documentation. We've just seen um, conflicts arise, and of course, they arise at the worst possible time when you know you're trying to raise some money, or worse still, when you're trying yep. to exit. And these promises come out of the woodwork. <laughs> so, you know, work with your attorneys to get these uh, get every promise documented properly, you know, use, use your attorneys for this kind of thing. This is what, what they're good for. And similar to that one is, um, you know, cap table management software. So it's not a question of if you're going to, to need it. It's a question of when, Mm -hmm. and you know, the, the solutions are good and, and, and the implementations are generally pretty smooth, but the longer you go, um, doing it in Excel or, or however you're doing it, the more difficult the implementation of those is going to be. If you have years of option granting um, experience, may, may or may not be well documented behind the scenes, the implementation of a Carta or a shoebox is just gonna be much more difficult. Um, so I think it's always easier to get those implemented early. Are those the kind of things that you're seeing in, in your companies? Yeah, and you know, the kind of mistakes that you see over and over too, right. Is like you said at the beginning, um, you know, you're starting a company, you have some amazing technology, you're trying to get customers, you're trying to get employees. And often the last thing you think about is payroll providers and, and accounting software and, and cap uh, table management software. But these things are so inexpensive now and so easy to use that somebody on the team just needs to be designated the person to run these programs until we hire a CFO or a bookkeeper or whatever it might be. Um, and the amount of times I've seen these mistakes carry through for years before that it's caught in an audit or before it's caught in a transaction, right? You know, you're looking to sell your company um, is it happens almost, it happens way more than it should. And if, if you set up things day one properly, you won't spend a lot of time fixing it in the back end. So spend the 10 hours now <laughs> getting the right software and starting off on the right foot um, so that it doesn't carry up down, down the road. Yeah. And I think even if you're not, you know, you're saying like, okay, well, I'm not a CPA. So you know, even if I have QuickBooks online, I'm not going to know how to use it. I, I still, I, it's, it's not that complicated. They make it pretty um, um, idiot proof, but I think um, even if you don't use QuickBooks perfectly, it's better than, than, you know, do a shoebox full of receipts or, or right. Excel, you know, right. it's always easier to kind of clean up something that has been done in a decent system, like a QuickBooks or a, or a zero than it is to, to start from scratch with, you know, a, an Excel file. Um, so, you know, one other thing that uh, sounds obvious to me, cause I'm a CPA, but you know, file your taxes. You know, I can't tell you how many times people either knew like, okay, yeah, I know I needed to file or someone, I, I can't tell you how many times people have been like, well, I only had a loss. So right. I mean, what, what do I need to file? Um, but, you know, the IRS doesn't know you have a loss because you didn't tell them. That's right. Um, so <laughs> file your taxes. Um, 
you know, in, in, in the, in the early years, like maybe you can, you know, do a very expensive, inexpensive, you know, online exercise yourself. Although I don't, I don't necessarily, um, recommend that. Um, but, uh, you know, get them, get them on file. I mean, it, as soon as you've left your attorney's offices with incorporation papers, um, you have a, a tax filing requirement, regardless of what entity you, you have uh, selected. And that's both a state tax filing requirement and a federal filing that's requirement. Right. Um, so get those I've in. Seen that mistake yeah. over and over of people who haven't filed any taxes or tax forms for years, because it's the same thing. Oh, we just have a loss, right? <laughs> I don't need to file taxes. Right. But you need to do it right away and you need to do it annually and you need to do it right. Um, and again, yeah. it doesn't take that much time or money or effort, but it, it needs to be done properly. Yeah. And it's it's not a good look when you go to do your seed round and, you know, you don't have that much financial information at that point. So it's going to be like, OK, send us some internal financial statements, your model and your your tax returns. And you're right. like, oh, tax returns. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Understand that there is a difference between contractors and employees, yep. you know, so I understand that every early stage company ha only has contractors um, and that's okay. You're doing lots of risky things at that stage of your development this is not the biggest risk you're going to take. Um, but just understand that whether someone is a contractor or an employee is not a choice. Right. It's not. It's not the choice of the of the employer contractor. It's not the choice of the employer. It is a legal definition. And if you were to follow the letter of the law, we would never ever have a contractor. Everyone right. would classify an employee. And the implications are just that if you classify them as a contractor and pay them as a contractor, and someone were later to determine that they are an employee, um, you're, on the you hook. Would, you're on the hook. Um, and and that would happen. You know, like, okay, well, that's never going to happen to me. But then you have one disgruntled employee who files or contractor who files for unemployment or files a worker's comp claim. Now the, the state or the federal government is aware that there's this conflict. Yep. Um, so, you know, as, as quickly as humanly possible, get the people that you really think um, are going to be going forward with the, the company onto the employee status. I agree. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Um, um, so the, the last thing that I'll, I'll say, and then we can just sort of open it up for a little more back and forth if you want is just, and this might sound a little, a little self-serving, but, you know, engage service providers that work with companies like yours yeah. and that, you know, that's attorneys, that's accountants, that's, that's everyone because, um, you know, you may be like, well, I'm, I'm a very early stage company. Everything's very simple. That's what every uh, entrepreneur has ever told me. But we're in a complicated world here, both from a tax perspective and from an accounting perspective. And I can't tell you how many times one of the founders like, okay, my uncle Bob, he's a CPA and, and you know, we used him to do our taxes and, and that's better than not doing them at all. But if you don't work with um, early stage tech companies, you're not going to necessarily know the R&D credit right. rules for software companies, the right. qualified small business stock rules for early stage companies, um, you know, revenue recognition for a SaaS company SAS, on yep. the accounting side. There's just a, a lot. And 
you know, I, I don't know if you're seeing this, but, you know, earlier stage companies are, are having some form of international operations much earlier than they did five or 10 years ago, certainly. And that adds a whole nother layer of complexity, both from a legal perspective, a tax perspective, and an accounting perspective. So, you know, that, that's also the lesson, which is find someone that understands your situation, because there is probably a lot more complexity um, to your business than a generalist would be able to, to advise you on. And how do you, if you're a startup, how do you find that advisor? Um, you know, because yeah. we've just talked about a lot in 10 minutes. We've talked about a lot of things you got to do. A lot of things that most people who are starting their first business have no idea how to do it. And right. so how do you find that right advisor? Well, I, I think you talk to people like you, right? Who, who have, have been entrepreneur, has, have been an entrepreneur and ha have, uh, uh, you know, are deeply embedded in the early stage tech community that that know who the service providers are that are really in that space and not dabblers and not um, Johnny come lately's. Um, so I always think referrals are, are the best um, way to find a service provider. I mean, you, you know, the tech community, like everyone's trying to help one another. There's sort of a, you know, pay it forward. And I think um, getting a referral is, is the, the best way to go. I'm still kind of amazed how many people find us just by doing simple web searches. So, you know, that, that's always an option too, but maybe yep. just as a cross check, you might want to like do a little web research and then, and then ask your, your friends and people in your network, you know, who they you've, who they've used, you know, what, uh, what they've heard, um, those kind of things. That's great. Well, I think, um, we'll end there. I think this has been great high level advice. I look forward to doing future uh, videos with you in this series to maybe drill down on some of these topics about, well, what do you mean I've got to file tax forms when I walk out of my lawyer's office? Which forms? Well, right. we'll tell you at a future, on a future call. <laughs> yeah, um, this has been great. Thank you for the invitation. And, and I'll just say, you know, if, if anyone does want to uh, do some follow up with me, I'd be happy to do that uh, on a pro bono, pro bono basis. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate it, Scott. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fundable Founder please go to our website at mass-ventures.com for more information on Mass Ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like this.